You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. We are back as Real Presence Live continues here all across the listening area. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Good morning, everyone. This is John Clark. John Clark. And we just finished up a... Uh, well, he can't hang up the phone anymore, so an awesome conversation... <laughs> really was. ...with Father Richard Kunst about his papal artifacts collection. You can learn more at papalartifacts.com. Just a fun fact that I got wrong earlier, but I do want to say it because I, I know it now. It's... Outside of the Vatican, he has the largest papal artifacts collection. Including a baseball autographed by Pope Francis. Right. And it is Pope Francis's birthday <laughs> like, today. What? So uh, we know uh, Papa Francis is listening right now. Yes. So happy birthday, Pope Francis. Thank you for uh, tuning in to Real Presence Live. We really appreciate your time. All right. <laughs> On to our next guest. So, you know, we were talking about... Earlier, you know, just in, as we began the show, we were talking about how each of us were doing and how we've got a lot of the Christmas shopping done. And so we really want to use this next week, obviously, to propel ourselves into Christmas and preparing our hearts. But, you know, there is a lot of hustle and bustle going around. There's going on right now. There's a lot of last minute shopping and, you know, trying to get those shipping times off of Amazon and everything. And, and so there, there can be a lot of things piling up, you know, in preparing plans, like whose family are you going to go to, you know, yeah. all kinds of different and, you stuff. Know, and, and going into the Christmas, the Advent season, you know, my mind is so focused on the true purpose. And then the secular world just slaps me upside of the head. And all of a sudden I find myself kind of going off in a different direction. Yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm really pleased that, you know, all this hustle bustle is done. So these, these last days... I really want to focus on, on, you know, the reason for the season in a sense, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So, and that's what we want to talk about now. We've got Monsignor Gregory Schleselman of the Diocese of Fargo in studio with us. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. So, we just want to talk about, uh, as we begin, you know, this, this, the hustle and bustle, you know, giving gifts and there, there's a generosity to the season, which is a beautiful thing, but sometimes we can lose sight of... The, the preparatory aspect of it. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yes, I think, you know, it, it's a great uh, question to be asking ourselves. Um, you know, how should we really be getting ready for the coming of Christ? Now, you know, in the in centuries before, like in the medieval church, they talked about the three advents. Advent means actually the arrival in Latin. And uh, the three advents were... The, the first one being the the actual historical advent of Christ when he came into this world 2,000 years ago. The second one is the liturgical, spiritual one that we are anticipating uh, right now in a few short, you know, few, few short days, really, uh, of him every year annually. We celebrate this great advent of Christ, uh, this gift of him, of the Christ child. And then thirdly, the the advent at the second coming. So the, the final arrival of Jesus in uh, in power and glory of uh, bringing all things uh, to their conclusion and it is i think especially important to recognize that there are there's a harmony and a unity between those three in other words in in preparing for this christmas we are in a sense remembering much like in the liturgy we remember in a in a very sacramental way remember this historic event, much like the Jews remembered Exodus in a very powerful way. But we're also keeping in mind and anticipating in, in a good way 
the second coming of Christ, the the fact that the Lord is, you know, the early Christians had that very intense sense of the the imminence of the coming of Christ. And if you think about it, you know, in our lives, that's that the Lord is always imminent. You know, we, we're not around for that long, and He is definitely going to come for each one of us, even if we don't. You know, the second coming comes, you know, way, way down the road from here. I think that's an interesting point about the second coming, and I want to ask this question. You know, the, the early Christians, even the apostles, were, were waiting for the second coming at, at any point, you know. Uh, we're, we're 2,000 years now down the road, almost 2,000 years down the road. Have we lost sight uh, as the faithful of of that Preparation, you know, we, we see it in Scripture, right? Stay awake and, and be ready. You know, if the the master of the house would have known the thief would come in the night, he would have prepared. Have we lost sight of that? And is this a good opportunity to to recall that in in preparing ourselves? Because the reality is, we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when we are going to meet Christ, and so there there could be a preparation for that aspect as well, can there? Yes, and I think Advent is a great opportunity to to do that in a hopeful way, in the sense that the Lord invites us to ready our hearts to to be open, to be receptive to Him when He arrives, and uh, and I think Advent is is a great reminder of the that ultimate that ultimate readiness that the Lord invites all of us to. And I think as an example, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary gives us like the perfect image of what it means to ready our hearts, or maybe better said, to allow the Holy Spirit to ready our hearts, because that's really what the issue is. Um, And there's a book that that I'd recommend everybody read, get a hold of, uh, by Carol Hauslander, the Read of God, and it's just a marvelous work that was written. It was published in 1944. She was a laywoman who simply was gifted with a, a deep spiritual sensitivity and a, an ability to really receive the mystery of Mary in a way, and then and then express that mystery in a way that made it very accessible, and and I think really, <clears throat> excuse me, captures the humanity of Mary in a way that sometimes in, in the history of Christianity we've lost sight of. Mary has become something distant and almost, you know, un, unattainable, you know, for the average person. And what I think uh, the gift of Carol Hauslander's book, The Read of God, is that she makes, the, she makes Mary accessible, while at the same time not diminishing in any way her, her grandeur, you know. And there's one little thing that, one just one little passage I just wanted to... to to read here uh, for our listeners. It's, it's a beautiful way of talking about what we were just talking about, the season of Advent. So she says this, she writes this, Advent is the season of the secret, the secret of the growth of Christ, of divine love growing in silence. It is the season of humility, silence, and growth. For nine months Christ grew in his mother's body. By his own will, she formed him from herself, from the simplicity of her daily life. I think it, it really touches upon what, what, what is Advent? Advent is, is a time to, to, you know, just as, you, as we were talking about, to slow down, to be silent, to be attentive to this inner world. I mean, imagine what was going on in Mary's heart in the final time of her pregnancy, she had to have been very attentive 
to the mystery of this new life growing within her. And how beautiful, you know, the realization must have been increasingly dawning on her that this wasn't just the beauty and the gift of new human life, but this was the Son of God that was growing within. And he had come into this world to say, as the angel told her, to save the world. The enormity of that mystery is such that it, it had to almost take her breath away, you know, and, and actually, you know, women who are that pregnant, you know, oftentimes find it hard to breathe, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but but in, a, in a deeper way, to just the, the, the enormity of this mystery that was unfolding, and she was such an integral part of that mystery, that it's that attitude that I think we ought to ask the Lord to give us a share of, to ask Mary to, you know, to invite the Holy Spirit to, to enable us to participate in that as well. And here we are in the secular world getting worried about things that really don't matter, you know. And so, and Mary, given to God's will, I'm sure even that, just the, the humanity, really would make, make it, like, really big in her as, as, as she grows closer to Jesus' birth. Yeah, because it, it, the only thing that she could give him... But the most beautiful thing that she could give him was her humanity. And in fact, if we really pause to think about it, and, and, and Carol Hauslander talks about this, is that that's what, he, that's what he needed from her, if you will. He needed, the humanity of Jesus is entirely derived from Mary's humanity. So when we think about it, what, what God really is asking of us is to allow him to share our humanity. And I mean the particular concrete, unique sharing in this gift of humanity that each one of us has. Because you and I and everyone, we are the only ones that can give ourselves to God. There's no one else who can do that for us. Sometimes we think about giving God all kinds of other things, you know. But what he really wants is ourselves. And when I say give ourselves, I really think that means like what Mary did, allowing him to be with us in our humanity, in the, in the normal ordinariness, with the ups and downs, the, the difficulties and challenges that we have, to let Jesus be a part of all of that. And I really love part of that passage that said the secret of the growth of Christ. And it can be a parallel to our own growth in, in our relationship with Jesus in that secretly nobody would know where we're at in our relationship, right? Until it becomes a visible sign, right? When he leaves his mother's body, there he is. And as we continue to grow closer to Christ, obviously then it becomes more visible about who we are and and who is our Savior and everything like that. And so I think it's important to use this time to do that, to allow Christ to grow in our hearts in this last, what, eight days till Christmas and, and really allow that to come to fruition and be a visible sign of, of love to others around us, especially our families. Cause many of us are gathering for, with families. Yeah. And family is, is precisely the, the, the first place where the fruitfulness of our welcoming Christ to be with us um, needs to be and ought to be manifested. Um, in a natural or supernatural way, you know, we charity begins at home. As we, you know, we've all heard that phrase. Uh, it's so true. It's so true that 
uh, love happens first and foremost with those who are closest to us, and it ought to be that way. And the beautiful thing, of course, is that in loving someone very particular and very close to us, family members or even close friends, whatever that might be, uh, it, it, you know, it's diffusive. St. Thomas Aquinas says goodness is diffusive of itself. So it, it has a way of spreading, uh, even if it's hidden and unknown to, to many others. I mean, much like the love that Mary and Joseph shared, um, the vast majority of which was hidden. I mean, the daily acts of kindness, whatever that might have looked like on a, on a daily basis, um, was not known, but yet actually had a, a tremendous powerful goodness. Right. If you're just tuning in, this is Real Presence Live, and we are visiting with Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman of the Diocese of Fargo about preparing our hearts and minds for Christ at Christmas. We'll continue this conversation right after these messages. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on the RPR Network. We're excited to continue our discussion, a very fruitful discussion, I would say, with Monsignor Gregory Schlesselman of the Diocese of Fargo. We're talking about preparing our hearts and minds for Christ coming at Christmas time. And, you know, we before the break, we were talking about just this beautiful image of Mary and her humanity and how she really is 
a great example of how we can prepare for Advent as she had Jesus growing in her body. And so uh, it was just a really great part of the conversation. If you did miss that, the podcast will be available later today, and you can be sure to check that out. I, I highly encourage it. But we do want to transition into some uh, practical aspects, too, because there is, a, there is an aspect of, okay, it, it's great that we're talking about that, but uh, what can we do? And uh, one, one of the things that you were bringing up, John, was this is a penitential season. Yeah, and I think we kind of missed that point to a certain extent because we're kind of falling victim to the indulgences, the parties and the gatherings and the feasts and such as, such as that. But recalling the, the penitential part of it, um, would you say, Monsignor, is, is a very important part to keep in mind? Yes, it is, because it's, it's really an integral part of what the Church invites us to experience in the season of Advent. It, it is a penitential season. You know, the color of our vestments are violet, like in Lent. Um, the tradition was actually uh, centuries ago that it was a, it was just almost as as strict a fasting time as as Lent, and um, and I think the the idea is it it, it 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 beautifully dovetails with what we were just talking about before the break that this idea of humility and silence, the silent growth of Christ within. Uh, in order for that to be real and practical, that means that we have to withdraw from, you know, satisfying ourselves on so many levels and accept the fact that there is a certain penance, there's a certain fasting from this world in, in all its goodness that allows for us to wait and be empty so that God can enter into that space. In other words, it's like, it's important for us to to have some measure of penance in this season so that there's room at the end. Yeah. It's really, you know, that, maybe that's the image that helps us exactly. to, to recognize it, that, uh, you know, there was no room at the end in Bethlehem because people were not being penitential. I mean, fundamentally, they weren't looking for God they were looking for all kinds of other things. Now, ultimately, we are always looking for God, no matter what we choose, because that's down deep in the human heart. But what the, what, as disciples, what the Lord is inviting us to do is to, to recognize that and to say, yep, I'm going to put those things aside, and I'm going to look for Him. And I'm not going to see Him. I'm not, I'm not going to notice Him. I, it's going to seem empty, and I'm going to have to wait in, in the darkness of faith, maybe, but that allows God to work in my heart to create this space so that when the moment comes, he is there and the consolation and the joy and the peace of his goodness is given in fuller measure. And I think that's a really important part of, of living the season of Advent, that we don't give salvation to ourselves. You know, if we were talking about in the break, you know, we think about giving gifts. When we instinctively think about the season, we think, oh, we got to get gifts. We were talking about that. It's really about receiving a gift, the gift. And how do I allow God to get me ready to receive the gift that he wants to give me? That's really, I think, at the heart of the season. And practically, you know, you mentioned, I think, I think first and foremost is to ask the Lord, how do you want me to spend time with you? So we have eight days till Christmas. That's a great question that I would invite listeners to, to ask the Lord. It's very straightforward. So, Jesus, 
how, how much time, when, where, and what, how should I spend these last eight days so that my heart is as disposed and ready to receive the gift that you want me to, to receive in full measure? And, and to concretely look at one's schedule to be sure that actually there is time of, of silence and stillness. Um, you know, we, 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 we rush around so much. We are so busy. We all talk about that. And understandably so, but I do think we're also called to, to stop and be still and be silent and, and let the, the, the mystery of God impact our hearts. And it's kind of an impact. I mean, when God came into the world, it wasn't, you know, there was a, you know, astronomical signs. There were, you know, it was in a major, the major historical event of, of all of human history. And I think that it's the same God. Since it's the same Lord of Lords and, you know, uh, the King of Kings, that we allow him to get us ready. Because we don't know how, and even if we did, that wouldn't really matter because we're not able to do it. We need his grace to do that for us. So anticipation, preparation will really prepare us for the true joy of the birth of Christ. And so if we, if we can practically and, and, and meaningfully take those steps... Um, Christmas is truly joyful in the true sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And I think if, we, if we're really spending some time really making ourselves available to the Lord and also asking him, you know, what he wants me to put aside. And obviously when we spend time, you know, there's a certain fasting implicit in that. We're not doing other things. And it's really good for us to, to have something of prayer, something of fasting, and also something of almsgiving. And what I mean by that is not just getting presents ready, uh, but where I maybe pray for other people who are particularly in need right now, whose experience of Christmas very oftentimes is not joyful, not peaceful, but is troubled and lonely. You know, there's a tremendous amount of loneliness in this world. And uh, to, to be attentive, like in Lent, you know, we begin Lent with an invitation by Jesus to, to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Well, in a sense, it's the same invitation now, but it's all rooted in this welcoming of the Lord who wants to, again, once again, be fully alive within our hearts. So a question that comes to mind as we talk about all this is balance. And um, so many of us listening may have families that are not in the faith. They have different ideas. Maybe they go along with the the worldly aspects of the the buying and, and the giving of the presents, which in itself is not bad. Like generosity is a good thing. So how do we, in these last couple of minutes here, how do we find a balance between that penitential aspect, but then also being present and being generous to our family, which, you know, that joy aspect is, is a very uh, pinnacle point of being a Christian. Absolutely. And I think, I think the balance is, that's a great question because it, you know, everything in the spiritual life really does, the Lord wants us to be balanced. He doesn't want us to be extremists, if you will. I think the easiest and most direct and concrete way of doing that is asking him. In other words, ask Jesus, how, what does this concretely, practically look like in my life, in my circumstances, in my vocation, with all the things that he knows everything about, what, what do, do these three, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, look like? And simply, as Mary would say, do whatever he tells you. But I think it's really helpful for us to realize that the plan of my spiritual life 
is something that the Lord wants to give me. He wants me to receive it as part of the gift, this overall gift. So why not just simply ask him very directly and let him tell us and give to us the plan of how it how we want to, how we should be living with him, and not just for Advent, not just for the remainder of Advent, but for all the days and weeks and months and years ahead. And I think, you know, another thing, we were ta- we've were we been talking about Mary, and I, I just, I'm always struck in Scripture when it says that she pondered these things in her heart. I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that. I, I'm not sure why, but it's just striking me that maybe we should mention something about Mary and the way she pondered things. That's a, that's a, it's a, it is a beautiful line, and, and I think a way of, of receiving that is to recognize that when you ponder something, you, you, you have to be alone in it. You, you're not having a conversation about it with others. You, you have to be quiet. You have to be silent before the mystery of what you're pondering, and, and you, you really are, are not to be doing anything. So there's a certain solitude, a certain silence, a certain stillness in that. But I think it's it's allowing, it's much like when we listen to really beautiful music, and that's one of the great things about the season and Christmas, is there's so much beautiful music that is that is created, has been created over the centuries that we're able to enjoy, is that when you listen to really beautiful music, you allow it to echo, to reverberate in your heart. You, you don't analyze it. I mean, I suppose one could, but the instinct is not to do that, to just enjoy the beauty of it and to see what that does. What does that occasion in my heart when I allow the Word of God, when I allow the mystery of of Christ coming into this world to, to just echo within, what does that stir up? And I think that's what Mary was drawn into, that very content quiet, contemplative, allowing the Word of God to speak to her, but in a way that it's speak to her in, in, in the fullest possible imaginable sense. Monsignor, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. Really appreciate the discussion. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. All right. It is the top of the hour, so we need to head to a quick break, but stay with us. The Diocese of Crookston has a new bishop, and we're going to find all about, find out all how it went and uh, the exciting things that are happening in the Diocese of Crookston. Stay with us. Real Presence Live continues right after this.